So it's very special to see how Rudy and his wife made a decision to dedicate their child in Jesus' name. Very special. Because, you know, friends, life is made up of decisions. Life is made up of decisions. The first decision you could have made may have been crying when you wet your nappies. I don't know. But you made a decision then, and you have been making them all your life. Fun fact, those of you who like facts, the average adult makes around about 35,000 decisions daily. It's a lot of decisions. Who, who would have known? And the most important decision we'll ever make, most important decision, will be the decision to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Number one decision. And so when you, when you make a decision, how do you go about it? Do you make a decision on second thoughts, or do you make a decision based on how you feel on the day? I don't know. Most people have a plan for everything, like a structure, like an eating plan. It could be my mom's banting diet, or my seafood diet because everything I see, I eat. But it could be, could be your financial plan, like a budget, or maybe my dad's training plan that he really sticks to because of all the coffee rides he goes on. But I don't know. See, have you ever thought of having a plan or a structure for making decisions? No, I thought thought so. So I'm going to challenge you this morning, as well as myself. So I'm going to challenge us this morning with seven points to consider before making a decision. And please note, this is not going to be seven seven steps to a happy life. No, not seven easy steps to a, a happy life. No, but merely a guideline or a plan when making godly decisions. Because you and I are going to be making decisions for the rest of today. And you may even, by the end of next week, make one of the most important decisions of your life. So we're going to read about how we presented a decision in the Bible in Psalm 25, verse 12. So while we're getting there, see now we presented with many decisions and choices. And a few weeks ago, being vulnerable, yeah, okay, now we're challenged in our relationship. We were challenged to make a decision to pursue a relationship that is pleasing to God. That consisted of us deciding to do it the right way, which consists of us resisting temptation during our dating days in obedience in order to give God the glory in our relationships. So we're going to read about in Psalm 25 verse 12. It is in the middle of the book, the long book. And it reads as follows. Who then are those who fear the Lord? Can we say fear? He will instruct them in the ways they should choose. And it reads follows after that. They will spend their days in prosperity and their descendants will inherit the land. So we are, we are given a choice here. And if we allow the Lord to instruct us in the way we should choose, there will be like a benefit or a reward as we've just read. And if we go back to that word fear. So now what does it mean to fear the Lord, Brad? To fear the Lord. Is it that type of fear I experienced last week Saturday when I arrived home a bit late, my parents forgot to add electricity to the house. They, they were away. They were having a lacquer jaw with Dion. And I arrive home. It's a very dark new house in Airfield with nice wooden floors, but they creak a bit. So I'm walking, and it's creaking. And the, the wind is blowing, and we have like a little corrugated roof outside. And it sounded like someone was running on the roof. Was it that fear that I was, I was experiencing? No. So this is what I found, to fear the Lord. It is an attitude that acknowledges one's dependence on God for everything. An attitude that acknowledges one's dependence on God for everything. 
So if I fear the Lord, I'm going to depend on Him for everything. So when making a decision, who do I turn to? Who do I trust? Let me ask you this. Who do you trust in your family, amongst your friends, to really give you wise advice in making decisions? See, now talking to people is fine, friends. But we need to talk to the one who always makes wise decisions, which is our Lord Jesus. Which will lead us to our first point this morning. First point this morning. We have to clear our hearts of any known sin. Wow, that's heavy, Brad. Why do we have to do that? Because sin introduces confusion in our minds and our hearts. It hinders our capacity to hear from God. Because you see, sin and the knowledge, of, knowledge and wisdom of God, they don't fit together. That is why we have to clear our hearts of any known sin. How do we do that, Brad? How do we do that? We deal with sin by confessing it. You agree with God that this is sin in my life. And you want to do whatever it takes to get away from that sin. But how do we know what sin is in our lives? We have the benefit of using God's word. God's word tells us clearly what is sin in our life. So we need to get into the word of God, friends. Secondly, you need, to, you need to repent from it. You need to say, God, I'm walking away from that sin, and I want to do whatever it takes to get away from that sin. And so you walk away from it. So you begin by clearing your hearts of any known sin, and that's where a lot of people will stop. They say, oh, but I'm not quite ready to give up some things. Some things in life I would still like to do. But there will come a time, one of these days, you'll look back on this decision, and you'll think, how... How in the world could I possibly have been thinking that? It's because sin confuses the hearts and the mind. And that is why it is important for us to clear our hearts of any known sin. Our second point this morning will be to align our desires with His will. To align our desires with His will. And so what do I need to do if I want to know what His will is? We've got to be willing to say, Lord, I want what you want. I don't know what that is right now, but I want to know what you want. And now telling him that the first time probably won't work. Why do you say that, Brad? Because deep down, you've been thinking about what you want. You've been thinking about what you desire, where you want to live, who you want to marry, what car you want to drive, or in this church, what bike you want to ride. So now telling him that the first time probably won't work, but listen carefully. When you say, God, I want to know what you want. I want to know what you know what's best for my life. Lord, I'm willing to listen to you. I'm willing to trust you. Please don't let me make a mistake in this issue. And sometimes we struggle to understand what God's will is for our life. We're going to turn to Rudy's favorite book in the Bible, that coffee book in the Bible, so Hebrews, if we can turn to Hebrews 13, from verse 20 to 21. It's very important to have your Bibles, but luckily we do have a tech team that will put it on the board for us. So Hebrews 13, from verse 20 to 21. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing His will. And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Will he listen to you? I know he will. 
Because if, if, he done it, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. But it's not up to me. It's up to you. You have to be willing to come to God and say, God, what is your will? And I remember, you're asking that one person who knows absolutely everything about you. Knows what will make you happy. Knows what will work for you. Because sometimes we think we know what will make us happy. But only God knows, friends. So when you bring your heart and a mind to a place where it is in line with the will of God and you say, Lord, I really don't know what to do, but I want to know. He's going to be there working in your life. Which will lead us to point number three. Are we all awake? Point number three. This is very, very hard points for some of us, for most of us. We have to exercise patience. Yeah, yeah. Now this is where a lot of us get in trouble. For example, there's some things in life that I've prayed for for a long time before God ever answered my prayers. But watch this. Why do you keep praying when God hasn't answered in a while? There's not a verse in the Bible that says, Ask and it shall be given to you at uh, 9.55. No. Seek and you shall find it after church. No. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that. And so God's pauses are very important for His plan in our life. And that is why we have to exercise patience and we have to be willing to wait. Now I want us to understand what we mean when we say we need to wait on God. So if we can turn to, no, sorry, in Psalm 46 verse 10, it says so clearly that we must be still and know that I am God. So to wait on God, to live confidently, expecting and anticipating God's answer, and not to run ahead of Him, trying to solve problems on our own. We have to be still and know that He is God. Some people don't like to wait for anything. But if you want to make wise decisions in your life, you sometimes have to wait a while. Sometimes you don't. You see, friends, God knows where the emergencies are in your life. He knows when you must have the answer now, but He also knows when you have to wait. But maybe that you aren't ready for that answer, because if He gave you that answer now, you would not accept it. But God knows. And that is why it is important for us to exercise patience. But we've got to have it now. We've got to have it now. We live in an age that has to have it now. Instant gratification. But it's an age of disaster. I've got to have it now. Why should I ask God whom I cannot see, but I can see her? But I can see him. Why would I listen to God, Brad? Because God knows best. Do I want my will or ultimately do I want his will? And that is why it is important for us to exercise on God, to exercise patience. So we've spoken about clearing our hearts of any known sin. We've spoken about lining up our desires with His will. And we've spoken about we need to exercise patience, which will lead us to our fourth point. We have to trust the voice. And it's not the voice that, if we watch the voice on Mnet, not that one that Leanne's son was on, not, not the voice on Mnet. We have to trust God's voice. So point number four, trust God's voice. And we have to be very careful who we listen to. We have to be careful for the friends we listen to. And let's say you've been friends with this person for years and you say, but I can trust him. I can trust her. But my dearest friends may make a mistake. 
My dearest friends, because they love me, may want to make me feel pleased and happy. But I don't want to feel pleased and happy. I want the will of God. And friends, God's not concerned about your comfort. No, he's concerned about your character. And we're going to read, we're going to read about this trust in Proverbs 3 from verse 5 to 6. And again, if we let the Lord, if we trust in the Lord, there'll be that benefit or reward. So we're going to read in Proverbs 5, Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6. Proverbs is near Psalms where we just were. And it will be on the board. Okay. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. But in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So again, your friends, if we, if we trust the Lord, he's going to make our paths straight. It says, do not lean on your own understanding or on the understanding of others. But in all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So again, if we, if we trust the Lord, there'll be a benefit or a reward. Which will lead us to our fifth point this morning. Fifth point is very powerful. We need to persist in prayer. Persist in prayer. And I know we're not, we're not in the series of Philippians, but you guys can turn your Bibles to Philippians 4 verse 6. Philippians 4 verse 6. I'm pretty sure we will carry on with the series next week. But it's such a powerful book. And it's very important to bring your Bibles. Philippians 4 verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. To continue to pray. That is, continually praying. You don't stop. No, even when you don't have the answer. Paul says, to pray without ceasing. In other words, he didn't promise to give us answers or direction at any given time. And I think God takes great delight. Great delight in what, Brad? In watching us respond to him. In watching us move from fear and doubt into how we begin to trust him. How we begin to believe in him. How we begin to be confident in him. And what happens is people say, well, I'm going to pray. And they'll pray for a few days. And when God doesn't shout the answer from heaven... They say, but I can't wait forever. Can't wait forever. Nowhere in the Bible does it say God will answer prayer at a certain time. But watch this. When God doesn't answer the way we expect, what is he doing? What is he doing? He's teaching us to trust him. It's funny how all these things come together. He's teaching us to trust him. He says, knock and it shall be given to you, not at 10 a.m., Seek and you shall find it, not after church. Knock and the door shall be opened to you, not immediately. No, nowhere in the word does it say that. So God's delays are on purpose. And when I think about God's purpose, it starts to teach me to trust Him. It starts to teach me to, to wait on Him. See, now Paul says, that is what Paul says, pray without ceasing. And watch this, I'm not to move ahead of Him. Until I get direction. Until I get his peace. Which will lead us to our sixth point this morning, friends. Second last point. And we have to rest in God's word. And if you think about it, the Bible is the most valuable resource we have in making decisions. Because you want to know what God thinks about anything, you get into the word of God. Because it is filled with wisdom. And what is it? 
It is the mind of God in print, right here. Because our minds are continuously bombarded by what the world thinks and how they think. And that is why we need to get into the Word. And when we get into the Word, we, give, we begin to read the Word. What happens? What happens when we begin to read the Word? See, the Word of God is a filter. Here's what the Word does. The Word of God filters our thinking when it's not exactly right. Filters our thoughts. So what happens when we get into the Word of God? He sieves. And while he's sifting, he's building our faith. You see, friends, these stones, those are the bad thoughts, the thoughts we don't want. You see, this, this sieve, it might be a colander, but this sieve. <laughs> it is. <laughs> see, this sieve, this sieve is, is the word of God. And no matter what circumstance you're in, this sieve will never change. From beginning to the end, this sieve will never change. And this sand, so fine, so pure. And I think that's what God takes great delight in. Those fine thoughts that he filters through his word. And will God said and God promised. And if God said and God promised, I'll go with it. And remember, he gives us promise after promise in his word. Will he answer our prayers? If I will just trust him, be patient, and wait upon him. Which will lead us to our last point this morning, friends. We have to wait for his peace. We're going to read about this peace. We can go back to Philippians 4. We're going to read verse 6 again. Then we're going to go to verse 7. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And watch this. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That peace, that peace is a result here, friends. The peace that surpasses all understanding. And that very word, that very word peace, in Greek means to bind together. It means that he and I, God and I are together about this decision. And that is why I can trust him. And it's when we have his peace, we may not have the answer, but more importantly, we have his peace. And that's God's grace. God is willing to give us the grace of absolute assurance. And when I think about all the things that would keep us from knowing the will of God, I think about we have a plan. We have the structure. And friends, I wish someone had given me this a few years back. And so friends, if we look back on everything we have spoken about this morning, there are seven points that we can consider before making godly decisions. Point number one, we have to clear our hearts of any known sin. Point number two, we have to line up our desires with His will. Point number three, we have to exercise patience. Point number four, we have to trust God's voice. Point number five, we have to persist in prayer. Point number six, we have to rest in God's word. And point number seven, we have to wait for his peace. So friends, I challenge us this morning. 
when you walk into maybe the school hall tomorrow morning, when you walk into the gym, when you walk into that business meeting, is, is God in the center of your decisions? In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Beautiful bread. Let's give him a hand, you champion. Much love. That was a proper message, but... And I don't have a great mind. I can't remember those seven points. I asked your AV team there just to put them on the board there for us. Maybe take a screenshot of that with your smartphone. I see a couple of lights flashing. Good. Screenshot that. Out of those seven points, friends, which one am I lacking in right now today, Daryl? Which one of those seven points do I need to come up higher as I make decisions? Which one is standing out there for you out of those seven as you take a photo of that? What decisions are we going to make this week, friends? 35,000 today, 35,000 tomorrow. You made some good decisions, Brad. You're busy making good decisions, Brad and Kay. I'm proud of you. It's not easy. What decisions are we going to make this week? Let's close our eyes. Number one most important decision that's not on the board is, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. Some of you made that decision this morning. And as you sit here this morning, Each one of us have a story of decisions that we've made that we so regret. And maybe you're sitting saying, I regret making that decision. I regret not using these steps. Brad shared how he wished he would have been able to hear this message years ago. I wish today I'd heard this message years ago. God, as we think of decisions that we've made that have set us back that have been foolish maybe today you're just saying I want to clear my heart I want to confess things that I've done decisions that I've made that I know have been wrong Maybe it's too late. You're saying, Daryl, it's too late. I've made decisions that have set me way, way, way back. It's too late. It's too late to fix my marriage. When you put God into the mix, friends, it's never too late. I love Brad's picture of us using the word of God as a sieve to give us clarity in making decisions. God, thank you that when we make decisions with you, when you and I, God, make a decision together, 
we will have that peace. I will have that peace when I make a decision with God. Maybe you're thinking of emigrating and you're going through that process right now. God, I pray that we will make decisions together with you. Should we buy that car? Should we move? Decisions we're going to make this week. Am I going to choose to sleep with my girlfriend this week? Am I going to choose again to pull that move with the taxman? I'm going to make that decision again to do that unethical business deal. What decisions, God, am I going to make this week? Decisions that I want to make together with God. What is your will, God? Let me find it in your word. God, someone said amen when Brad said, you are only concerned with our character, not our comfort. And as time goes and we think you're too late because we're getting old and we haven't got married yet. And we haven't got that job that we're so wanting and trusting for God, your timing. We trust for your timing as we make decisions. I pray, God, that this message today... A powerful message. Not seven quick points to a great life. Because this is a process, God. I pray that this message today that Brad shared will bring lives closer to you. Families, marriages closer to you. As we make decisions. Godly, wise decisions. Think of this week, God. May we use these seven seven steps in this week coming up. Thank you, Jesus. We can be part of a family here. If you need prayer, if you want to take part in communion as a family, the communion is available. Let's just uh, remember to look as we have a cappuccino, as we walk out to our car, as we do life together on this Sunday fun day. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen.